What's good? What's goody? What's hood? What's hoodie? What's poppin'? What's crackin'? What's crowning? What's coolin'? What's shakin'? How you doin'? How you doin'? What's happening? <laughs> and anything else that means hi, hello, or bonjour, where you're from. Maybe even a little bit of an aloha tossed in there. This is Damian Black, aka Derek Warren. I don't even know which one is the real me. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, Damian Black is my alias. Derek Warren is me. Uh, the alias really exists because people have connotations with my first name, my, my real natural given first name, and to kind of circumvent that, I created an alias. Because if you didn't know, and you probably don't know, but you will know, I'm a rapper. Um, <clears throat> and while there is a long tradition of rappers using their real names, I'm not ready for that. Not yet. But I, as far as like personalities go, like, you know, some people, they have the persona. Um, there's, there's edits made and, uh, to their personality, if not changed. Like there's, a, you know, for instance, someone with the birth name Der- Derek Warren might have one personality, but then when he puts on his alias of Damian Black, it's an actual persona, it's another personality. So let's say Derek Warren is really shy and introverted, Damian Black can then, as a persona, be uh, really extroverted and, and gregarious and shit. Here the difference is, that's not, that's not how that works with Derek Warren and Damian Black. Derek Warren is Damian Black, who is Derek Warren, it's the same shit, it's a different name. It's like if you have a if you have a mug and then someone else calls it a cup and then a, a, someone else calls it a liquid receptacle, it's all the same shit. I changed it just to be just to be well facetious, to be perfectly honest, to match the facetiousness of uh, people's expectations in varying contexts. Well, it's been two minutes and change. If you're listening this far, I guess I'll finish giving you the opening spiel. What can you expect here? You can expect the ramblings and the rantings of an American black man from Harlem. You'll learn. Uh, I am an intellectual. I am a philosopher. I am a poet. And there's no other real title or label. I claim not even really black guy. However... I happen to be a black guy, so just so you know, you're not confused. That's the lens through which I see shit. I'm from America. I'm from New York City. I'm from Harlem. I'm a black guy, all right? Uh, I'm an intellectual. I'm a philosopher, and I'm a poet. Those are, I, I only mention those things because those are the things that most influence the lens I see the world through. So here, yes, there will be random poems. There will be random raps mostly acapella, there will be talk of facts, there will be talk of opinions, there will be such subjects explored as American history, global history, um, the history of var- history regarding various different uh, countries and cultures, culture we will be talking about, we'll be talking about philosophy, we'll talk about science, goddamn right, we'll talk about art, we'll talk about music, pretty much anything that comes into my purview and I feel could use a little bit of my lensing all right the goal of this podcast of this effort is just to get my my brain stuff somewhere recorded other than you know me rapping and recording it and putting out shit um yeah you've never heard anyone think like me I doubt you've heard anyone speak like me um and that's pretty much it I'm going to try to keep it generally short and sweet. I don't intend to have any singular segment uh, that goes beyond, you know, five or ten minutes. Uh, And, yeah, I'm just going to try to give you the world through my lens, through my eyes, through my heart, through my soul, and through my brain in, in podcast form and digestible bites. This is not my first time on Anchor. I have been on Anchor since early 2017. Took a long hiatus big one um but it's whatever a hiatus whatever whatever uh i've been on anchor since anchor v2 
version two. Uh, I just missed the end of Anchor version one, though I was on that for maybe like a week. I, I recorded one thing, it was, a, it was a weird area. So it's hitting the five minute mark. I'm gonna let it ride a little bit over that. But just to wrap it up, this is, this is what you're gonna get. You see this format? This is off the top of the head. Uh, I will only be going off of notes randomly and rarely. And those notes literally will be like in bullet point form. I'm not gonna have any prepared speeches. I really wanna give you what's in my heart, on my mind, literally as is, literally as is. So with that said, I wanna wish you all some peace. I wanna wish you some love. I wanna wish you neutrality. I wanna wish you the warrior spirit guided towards things that actually benefit you. Um, and I want to guide you towards, well, I want to wish you uh, malevol <laughs> malevolence being destroyed in your life, but benevolence being included in your life. All right, well, that's it. That's um, That's what you can expect. Oh, let's dive in. Since this is my first day back, this is my first segment back, this is my first podcast episode back, I'm going to try to keep it short. It's not gonna be very sweet, and there's gonna be a lot of annoyance because I'm annoyed as shit. So here we go. As the title probably implies, if I did this shit right, I really don't understand. No, I do understand. I don't agree with, nor do I have kind words and kind energy, nice positive energy, um, for people who voter shame. What does that mean? Voter shaming means an election happens, right? An election happens. The candidate you didn't want, rather, excuse me, the candidate you wanted lost, right? Some other candidate won. In response, you try to figure out what went wrong. And And what you do is, you say it's the fault of the voters because they voted for that person on the surface. To someone who may be only thinking in a superficial manner, that sounds perfectly reasonable, right? I mean, if they didn't vote for the person, that person wouldn't have won. There's a cause and effect relationship there, right? Um, but then there's a little bit of nuance to that, which is why voter shaming is a little bit, it's weird because it's involving a subject that shouldn't, at least should not be uh, treated superficially, but I mean, it, 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 then it's treated superficially. So this is what I think is wrong with that point of view. Um, I'll use the presidential election of 2016 as an example. Famous election, everybody hates Trump. I mean, well, most people hate Trump. About 30-some percent to 50-something percent of, um, of Americans actually support the guy still, but whatever, right? So 2016 American presidential election, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. Actually, that's mistake number one. It was not Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. It was Gary Johnson versus Donald Trump versus Jill Stein versus Hillary Clinton. There were four people running for president. I want y'all to keep that shit in mind. There's four people running for president. Because when people reflect on the presidential election, they really only talk about two people. There's a reason for that, but we're not. that's not what this podcast episode is about. So the voter shame and shit. We've got two people who ran, right? That's what they said. But then it was really four. I'm gonna keep doing that like that for a second, right? So we had two main people that ran and there was two other not not so main people that ran, right? During the during the campaign, meaning it's a campaign, you're, you're attempting to sell people on something. Like an ad campaign seeks to convince you to buy a product. A political campaign seeks to convince you to to, to vote for someone, right? Now, we're going to focus on Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump because I don't have the time for all of that nuanced shit regarding Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. I'm going to keep saying their names because I refuse to let them be forgotten in a political landscape, at least as, as it pertains to me personally. I won't let them be forgotten. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want. So... Donald Trump campaign in a way that can only really be described as populist. He took ideas that were popular amongst people 
in the United States where he was running for president, he took these ideas and he, he parsed them up. Him and his team, they parsed them up into these messages that appealed to people. Things like... Things like a, a, a non-interventionist foreign policy, meaning America will stop just being a busybody around the world and telling people that we're going to bring you democracy. Like the, the whole idea is that most Americans are like, we're sick of all of this intervening in other people's shit. So Donald Trump was like, well, I, a lot of Americans are sick of that shit. So, well, when I get president, I'm, I'm going to stop all of these fucking bullshit wars. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, uh, his team figured out that people really weren't fully satisfied with the current healthcare system. They liked the healthcare, but single payer is, is, is something. Now, while he didn't want to offer a real solution, he used the idea the, the, of the popular idea. So he said, "We're gonna change. We're gonna get rid of healthcare. We're gonna change it up." And blah blah. There's other populist ideas. You know, there's other populist ideas. But the point is, he used popular. He used popular things. He told. <laughs> He told African Americans, as he referred to them, I think he said black people, or blacks, I think he said. He said, blacks, what do you have to lose? He appealed to a common trope, that's like, I mean, a common trope, a common idea, rather, in the American black community, that in politics, there's really no one representing the the wants and the needs of the black community. Um, even when they say they do, they get elected and they don't represent us. So then it's like, well, fuck them. So he was saying, hey, I hear this. I know about this popular idea that like politics don't matter. But hey, black people, blacks, vote for me. In contrast, here's here's where here's where it gets fucked up. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton saw a popular idea rising, at least on the left, uh, identity politics, and she latched onto that shit really crazy. So there were certain ideas that were popular that she that she pushed forward. The idea of being a woman and having the first female president. She pushed that idea, you know? Like, she pushed that idea. The idea that no one wants a crazy person with their hands on their nukes, she pushed that idea. That's a popular idea. However, her movement wasn't populist. It was corporate, I'm gonna tell you why. On the issue of minimum wage, most liberals and Democrats and progressives were saying, we need to have a $15 minimum wage. We really need 15 She resisted raising the minimum wage until she started running for president, but then, all right, fuck it. She needs to, needs to latch onto an idea. Instead of $15, she said 10 Nah, fuck that, $10. She, she heard the message, but then she, she did the corporate shit. 10 I'll use another example. Fuck it. Fuck it. Another way in which uh, Hillary Clinton's ideas and ideals were corporate and not populist on the left in America, which is the liberals and the progressives, etc. Um, on the left, we were like, hey, all right, this Trans-Pacific Partnership, okay, fuck that, all right, fuck it, we don't want that shit at all, that is just, it's horrible. Also, the, the TPP, you might have heard of it, the TPP, oh, we hate that shit, on the left, oh, we hate that shit, fuck it, fuck that shit in a horrible way, you know what? I apologize to anyone who's the victim of sexual assault while I too am <laughs> me too, that's funny. But while I too am, I, I do I do respect that while I can make jokes, not other people can really stand to hear them. So let's switch switch lanes a little bit. But yeah, just forget that idea. Let's let's stab that idea in the eye and then push it down some stairs and then set its home on fire while it's still in it. Fuck that shit. Fuck the TPP. We don't want that shit, and we do not want the, excuse me, the North Dakota Access Pipeline, DAPL, Dakota Access Pipeline, which was going, it's, I, I believe it was the, one of the main points of it was in North Dakota. However, it was basically an oil pipeline that went from Canada all the way through to Mexico. Well, it's going, it does go from Canada to Mexico, and we were really all against that. Oil spills are gonna happen, land ruined, water destroyed, people just dead as a domino effect result of having no fucking clean water. And we were against that on the left, on the liberals, the people that, you know, Hillary Clinton wanted to vote for her, expected to vote for her. In response to both of these things, let's just say she took the position of the former president, uh, Barack Obama, which was in support of both these things. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, pay attention to his last four speeches and public announcements and stuff. Um, 
before he officially left office. And one of them, I can't remember which one. I, it might have been the very last one, because I joked that it was some sneaky shit. Might have been the second to last one. But it's somewhere in that four. President Obama's like, hey, TPP. <laughs> you down with TPP? <laughs> yeah, you know me. And that's not a, 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 a rap reference made because Barack Obama is a black guy. Well, half black guy. That's a rap reference made because I'm a rapper. I know a lot of rap lyrics. They pop into my brain. Anywho, the corporate thing to do was to go with what the corporations wanted. And that's what Hillary Clinton did. Um, a, the corporate strategy is to go with all of the voters that swing elections and you follow all of these these calculations and shit. And all of her calculations led her to not go to Wisconsin. I think she visited the state of Michigan once, if at all. Um, I, I would doubt, I would sincerely doubt if she went to Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious. So here's the thing. She didn't uh, solicit the votes of people. She expected the votes of people. Jill Stein solicited votes. Gary Johnson kind of expected votes, but he solicited a little bit. Uh, Donald Trump solicited votes. So two candidates on opposite ends of the spectrum did similar things and reverse did similar things. So Hillary Clinton and Gary Johnson, they had similar strategies that weren't really super populist. Um, Donald Trump had an extremely popular, his, he was like, I'm going to sell you some bullshit and I really, I'm going to tell you a bunch of things you want to hear. And I'm just hoping you vote for me because of that, because that's how, that's how elections are won. Also, he went to like so many different states. He made a point to go to places like Ohio and Michigan. And it's, that's politically significant. Because we're not dealing with 100% um, of voters who think strategically and long-term and logically and shit. We're talking about human beings. That's who Americans are. Just like over there in Nigeria, like in Britain, like in Brazil. We're human beings, yo. Like, we, some of us just vote down the party line. Some of us vote for who we like the most, personally. Some of us vote for the person who cusses the least. You know, like, we, we there's all sorts of really different reasons to vote for somebody so let's fast forward let's bring this back to the main point because i've been kind of saying a bunch of shit here right we're kind of rambling it's it may feel to some that i'm going off the rails sometimes but to others you may be kind of tracking the main point we have one candidate donald trump populist populist uh, not views, because he kind of changed a lot of shit when he got into office, which makes him doubly horrible as a, as a person and a candidate. However, he solicited votes in a populist way. Hillary Clinton, his main opponent, his main opponent, not his only opponent, he was opposed by Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. I told you I would keep mentioning their names. He was opposed mainly, mainly but not only, mainly by Hillary Clinton, whose approach was more of a corporate thing. Uh, she didn't go to every single state. She went to the states that she felt her and her campaign felt were the most strategically important. Um, Donald Trump was like, I can't afford to not go to every state. I'm trying to win a popularity contest here. Um, on one hand, Hillary Clinton, um, she really went with identity politics and expected votes. I'm with her. Was her campaign slogan. Her campaign slogan is, I'm with her. That's so exciting. Like, and before that, it was, it was love Trump's hate. And ironically, it just put Trump's name in her campaign slogan and kept his popularity, like, steady. It didn't really decline his popularity um, because it just kind of, like, love Trump's and then hate. Like, you don't, I'm not, I can break it down, but... You're not going to really remember the third word in that as much as you remember the first two. You're going to remember the first, definitely. You're going to, well, really not even. You're 80% chance you're remembering the first, way less of a chance you're remembering the second if they're, if they're separate. If when they're put together, when you have a list of things, a list, let's say a list of three, in this example, it is a list of three words, love, hates Trump, going from north to south, from top to bottom, 
the brain is going to latch on to the first two, the forebrain, or the conscious brain is going to latch on to the first two. The subconscious is going to latch on to the fucking, um, to the last one. And it's only going to occasionally mush it together. So uh, sometimes your brain is going to have an association that says love Trump. That's mainly going to get stored in your subconscious. It's not created by, but it's stored in your subconscious. Let's move forward. You have the corporate candidate and you have the populist candidate. The election happens, all right? We have two things. You have the popular vote and you have the electoral college vote. That's going to be important in a second. You have the popular vote and the electoral college vote. What happens on election night? Election happens. The regular people vote. Great. Awesome. Swag. High five. The electoral college votes. Who's the electoral college? What is that exactly? Well, the electoral college is comprised of delegates. You really need to look up what a delegate is, and especially look up what a super delegate is. They're, let's just say they're more important than you. They're more special. That's going to become relevant in a second. Election night is over. It's the time to finish tallying up all the results. What are the results of the popular vote? Oh my God, Hillary Clinton won by 2 million votes. She just edged this motherfucker. Wait, but they're saying that Donald Trump won the election. How did Donald Trump win the election if Hillary Clinton fucking... Oh my God. What, what? the Electoral College voted in Donald Trump? Significantly? Oh, what the fuck? Holy shit. I want you to, I'm going to repeat what happened in a different, in a different way. Election night happens. The electoral college vote comes in. The electoral, excuse me, the popular vote comes in. Hillary Clinton wins the popular vote. The regular people of, of America almost split down the middle, but with a slight edge said Hillary Clinton is our girl. That is our chick. The Electoral College said, nah, we're going to fuck with Donald Trump. For the most part. Most, a majority. That's, that's how that happened. If the Electoral College votes somebody in as president, oh, that's a wrap. It doesn't matter what the popular vote is. I, want, I would love for people to look at the, uh, the, the first, the first uh, results of the George W. Ver- excuse me, George W. Bush versus Al Gore. Uh, the year 2000, November 2000, and yeah, 2000 even, the, the year 2000. So November in the year 2000 was with, no wait, November in the year 1999? Uh, I get confused sometimes. The election happens in the fourth year. I should know this, I'm a political nerd, right? Okay, 2006, the, yeah, the election happens in the even number year, and then the next odd number year in January is when the president officially starts. There we go. Um, well, that was a brief education in the electoral system. A little bit, you know, a little bit more information, some fun facts. So let's get back to the main point. Hillary Clinton wins the popular vote. She loses the electoral college vote. So she is not the president. You fast forward a few months. People are scrambling and trying to figure out what the fuck happened. They blame Jill Stein. For what? She got a total of one, two, three million votes, something like that? And then like, well, if people didn't vote for Jill Stein, and, and then they would have voted for Hillary Clinton. And if Hillary Clinton would have got more votes from the people, then, then, then she would have won. And it's like, that's not actually true. That's not how that works. If Hillary Clinton would have got Gary Johnson's votes, which was two, three million, something like that, and if she would have also got Jill Stein's votes, she would have just won the popular vote by more. She still would have lost the Electoral College. Again, you need to look up delegates and superdelegates. So you fast forward a little bit more, it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. There were a bunch of emails leaked, some of which they were leaked and they were sent to WikiLeaks, which, by the way, has never been proven to be false, all right? So far, so, so far, so good, right? Somebody, somebody gets a bunch of emails from the Democratic National Committee, which in which is called the DNC for short, right? They get a bunch of emails from their email server, things in their email server, meaning they were either emails sent to them or from them or to or from accounts associated with that server. 
So that means that political candidates, as well as people who work for the DNC, will have an email address associated with that, or will probably be sending emails to it. So we have things like John Podesta and his brother Tony Podesta. We have things like Hillary Clinton, people like Hillary Clinton. Down to Brazil, Debbie Washerman Schultz. Uh, we have all of these people. There's a bunch of emails associated with them that were leaked to WikiLeaks. Now, here's where it gets really tricky. The hacking part. The hacking part gets really tricky because the narrative, the mainstream media narrative, is that a, a, hacking happen, a, a hacking happened. Someone hacked the DNC servers, right? Then they took that stolen information and they gave it to a source. There's two things wrong with this. There's two things wrong with this. Let's go with the logical part first, right? Let's say, let's say the Democratic National Committee servers were hacked. Shit. Let's go as far as to say what they're trying to tell us, that they were hacked by Russians, that Russians hacked the Democratic National Committee email servers and then gave that information to, an, to a third party, that third party being WikiLeaks, and WikiLeaks published it as part of their leaked information from, you know, from various sources and shit, right? That's their whole thing. They, they get information that people, that, uh, that people want to hide and they, they publish the information and they make it searchable um, on their platform, on the WikiLeaks platform, right? So let's say, the, let's say someone, let's say the Russians hacked the DNC server, boom. So? That doesn't make anything untrue. It was, they confirmed shit that we already knew. The DNC cheated several candidates, mainly Bernie Sanders, during the Democratic National Committee primary elections. That happened. They were very aware and very cognizant of the fact that 600,000 Democratic vote voters in New York State got purged. It might be more than that, to be perfectly honest. If you don't believe me, there is a court case in New York State about it. They got in trouble. There was a verdict. They lost. The New York, the New York State Court of Law said, yo, wait, what you're being accused of is true. You, cheat, you, you got rid of a bunch of people off the voter rolls. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? You animals. You goddamn savages. So the fact still remains. If this information was hacked, the fact still remains. If I have a gun, right? Somebody robs me. They take my gun, right? Then they give my gun to somebody who don't like me, right? Let's say, let's say bitch-ass fucking Jonathan. They give it to bitch-ass Jonathan. Bitch-ass Jonathan got my gun. He knows they're reek gun. He knows they ain't a black gun. So he tells everybody, he goes, yo, Derek got this gun. We need to do something about, about Derek gun. I can't then say, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You guys can't do anything about my gun for the simple fact that you only found out about it through illegal means. Someone stole it. That's how you found out about my illegal activity. Ha ha. So if you found out my illegal activity through an illegal act, ha ha ha. You can't give me... That's the DNC right now, right? But wait, hold on. There's a, there's a flaw in that. We posited that... We, we, we did all of that, rather, based off of Russians. Some kind of Russian person. Maybe the Kremlin itself. The, somebody in Russia hacked the Democratic National Committee service. But wait, what does the Intelligence Committee say? Well, first of all, how does the DNC know that? Well, they did their own investigation. Wait, hold on. The DNC investigated their own servers... Wouldn't it make sense to have, like, the FBI or somebody investigate it? Did the FBI even offer? Well, the FBI offered. So what did the DNC do? The DNC hired a third-party organization that they had already worked with. You know what that third-party organization did? <laughs> they, gave, they gave screenshots of information to text with the government to basically be like, yeah, nothing, 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 nothing to see here. They sent screenshots. Now, for all you non-technical people, all you technical people might have figured it out already. Some of you may not may not have. And for the non-technical people, I'm going to doubt that you figured out why that's so hilarious. So, 
as a, as a super techie, let me inform you why it's funny during an investigation to send somebody screenshots of a server and server activity. Here's the problem. If I'm going to find out and determine whether or not something got hacked, I have to type a type a type a. I got to get on my hacker shit. I got to type commands into a thing. I have to click shit. I can't. I can't. Because I can't, I have to verify whether that information is true or not, or whether that's a false positive. Because what happens a lot of times, actually, when you're digging into the, the nooks and crannies and the nitty gritty and the bits and bites and the, and the code and all that shit of machines, sometimes people can hide things. That's why hacking is, is such a crazy thing. People can hide shit. They can make it look like somebody else. Like, for instance, in the hacking community, it's kind of common to do things to intentionally make it look like it was Russia or China or Brazil to throw the scent off of you, right? Because there's, there's, there's things, there are technologies and actions that are common to different governmental groups that do hacking all the time, that do espionage and shit, right? So if you, can, if you can imitate that, then it's assumed, at least initially, that it's, it's some hacker group belonging to Russia or China. For instance, if I were to hack the DNC servers, I could actually make it look like it was Russia when it wasn't. That's a legit thing. That's, that's very real. But see, I said there was a problem with this whole Russia hacked the DNC thing. Yeah, the problem is that the DNC wasn't hacked. Now, there's an organization called uh, VIPS, uh, Veterans of Intelligence. Uh, no, Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, I believe is the, what their acronym stands for. They're members of, they're former members of intelligence agencies within the United States. I think a few of them may, may have worked for foreign intelligence agencies. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know all of their full, you know, informations and, and all that shit, right? What's the point? They looked at the information. They got to see some of the information. They they know about the data transfer rate. This is very important. The data transfer rate. The rate in which shit was uploaded. Now, they say it was hacked, which means that it was taken remotely. That somebody remote, somebody from somewhere else. They're saying Russia. Somebody from Russia got into the DNC servers through some crazy shit. Let's say, a, excuse me, so let's say a phishing scam. They got into the phishing scam. Excuse me, they used the phishing scan, they got into DNC employee shit, then they got into the main shit, and then they just, they, they, they transferred it. They emailed that data. They electronically mailed it, right? They sent that data back to Russia or to some other place, right? Let's say they sent it a, a state away. Fuck that. Let's say they sent it a block away, right? If they sent it to the next street to then get picked up and then, you know, taken somewhere else, there's an upload... There's an upload download rate and there's a data transfer rate, right? So the issue is that technology is technology is technology is technology. There's there's one speed from, let's say, putting a USB drive into your phone or tablet or some shit, right? Or putting an external hard drive and then transferring shit over, right? You can transfer from, you know, your downloads folder to your My Documents folder or vice versa, whatever the fuck, right? You're putting it on a USB drive. That happens fairly quickly. That is retarded fast. It'd take only hours to do terabytes of information because the transfer rate is ridiculous, right? But when you're talking about going over cables and shit, going over the internet, there's a max to that. And the maximum doesn't reach near the USB transfer rates. Why is that important? Because part of the information given that was snapshotted and, and that was taken, part of the information available about the DNC fake hack, because it wasn't hacked, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. The, fake, the, the issue with the fake hack is the, the, the crux is the rate, the transfer rates. The transfer rates are too fast. Now, they've been declared too fast, and that hasn't been disputed. That hasn't been disputed, nor has it been contradicted. It's just simply been ignored in favor of lying and saying that the DNC was hacked by Russia. Now, the transfer rate is too fast, by far too fast, to have gone over the Internet. Nobody Gmailed the shit. Gmail has a, what is it, a 10 gig, 15 gig uh, transfer limit, um, something like that, email limit. 
So you couldn't even transfer all that shit through like any conventional email. Um, could you FTP? It means file transfer protocol, meaning like a direct transfer that's old school. And it's it's not super fancy, but it's old school. It works. There's tons of businesses that still use FTP, um, including one business that I work for personally right now. Um, we use FTP transfers for tech shit all the fucking time. It's it's so for smaller files is great. From super duper large files, it's not the greatest. Well, maybe you, let's say they have a torrent system. Let's say they have a peer-to-peer private torrenting system. You still have to go over the internet. You got to go over the cables in your home. You have to go over the cables that's out there in the world and that connect to the other cables out there in the world that then connect to the computer that you're trying to get to. I'm telling you, I, I put this on my life. If I am in the next room from you, it does not significantly alter <laughs> the data transfer from a peer-to-peer connection. And it still doesn't go as fast as if I would have just put that shit on a USB drive. So the main story is that Russia hacked the DNC, gave it to WikiLeaks, and so that helped Trump win the election. Two things are false about that. The DNC was not hacked. Trump did not win the popular vote. So that's, that's bullshit right there. That's bullshit. If you listen this far, I mean, God bless you. We're hitting on the 30-minute mark, and I'm going to wrap up this. I'm going to wrap up this episode within the next couple of minutes. But thank you for listening this far. So just to go back and recap, because this started out about voter shaming, and I had to bring you all of that just in case you're, you are unaware of certain of the contextual information, the context. I gave you all of the context. This idea is crazy, it's stupid, and it's kind of insulting, though I understand and respect that on the surface, it totally makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. If XYZ people didn't vote for, you know, ABC people, then shit, it wouldn't happen, right? If less people voted for Trump and more people voted for Hillary, then Hillary would have won. But that's not true. That's not true. That's not true, and it speaks to a fundamental lack of understanding about American politics. Now, that's disheartening when it comes to the fact that there are American pundits, political pundits, people who get paid a lot of money to talk about this shit that they don't mention anything. Now, why why do they not acknowledge or talk about the data transfer rates, and why do they call it a hack and not call it a fucking leak? Because a leak is something that happens when somebody from inside of an organization is aware of wrongdoing and they get evidence of that wrongdoing and then they go and take it to a third party like a, a media outlet, like a, some journalist or somebody, and they expose that information. That's what a, that's what a leak is. That's, that's a whist- that person is a whistleblower. They blew the whistle on wrongdoing. Like, for instance, in the, um, in the uh, uh, what you call it, the... the Let's call it the mass butcher industry. Factory farms and shit. I can't think of the name of the industry right now for some reason. But in the... uh, Here we go. Industrial farming. There we go. In industrial farming, I think like 50, 60 years ago, their practices were retarded and horrendous. Then somebody... I can't remember which decade. I believe it was somewhere between the 70s and 90s. Somebody had hidden camera video. They took some video. They... They did some video. They exposed it. They they worked there, and they said these people are wilding. They are wilding out. They're doing some really fucked up. Pardon me. They're doing some really fucked up shit. I gotta let the world know. So they clandestinely recorded, got some evidence. They took it to newspapers, and the newspapers was like, "Whoa, we're talking about this, right?" That's a whistleblower. What happened was information got leaked. That's more. That's actually what happened. That's what the evidence is showing us. The evidence is showing us that there was a guy that worked for the DNC named Seth Rich, so patriotic that he was a Democrat, not a Republican. He wasn't a conservative. He was a liberal Democrat who has a famous picture of him where he's wearing American flag everything. That's jingoistic patriotism. And he was on the Democratic side. He was on the more liberal side of things, right? He found he worked for the Democratic National Committee, which for all you political 
political nerds out there working for your party of choice oh my god that's a dream i don't know about you other people whatever us poly side nerds you already jatu savage yeah i mean you already know that's a wet dream right there oh my god like i used to be a democrat i'm an independent now but as a democrat if i could work for a democratic campaign shit work for the democratic national committee to try to get a democrat in the biggest office in the land God damn, I would, I, would, oh, I would rush for that. That's what Seth Rich's life was like, right? He found out some wrongdoing. He was like, oh, they wallet. So he, this is, the, this is what the evidence points to. He got some information from, well, excuse me, not from WikiLeaks. He got some information from the DNC itself because he worked from there. So he took a flash drive or some other kind of USB drive and he, and he transferred those files at an incredible speed. He transferred a bunch of those emails. And some other shit. He sent it to WikiLeaks. He sent it to WikiLeaks because he felt like the, that the world needed to know the content of these emails. I would advise you to actually go and read some of these emails for yourself. Don't don't just take the reactions of people on Twitter and Facebook and shit for yourself. Don't listen to Rachel Maddow's bullshit. Go and actually for yourself. Go look at the emails. Go look at the emails. Like, the evidence is pointing to that Seth Rich was the guy that, boom, boom. And you might have heard Seth Rich, oh, Seth Rich, his death was a, he, it was a robbery gone bad, but he still had his wallet. He still had jewelry. These are facts. These are documented facts. I'm not going off of speculation. I hate speculation. I don't, I don't even like speculative fiction. But, but anyways, let's go with the facts. Seth Rich, Seth Rich was an employee for the Democratic National Committee, right? Julian Assange said, people leak shit to me and it's really dangerous, so be really fucking careful. It was almost like a coded message to somebody, right? But he basically was like, he said, I believe he said it on Twitter, Julian Assange being the WikiLeaks guy, the main guy for WikiLeaks. He said, yo, careful when you be giving me shit because this shit is not for play play, it's dangerous. People want, want, want you dead. Two days after that tweet, Seth Rich ends up dead in the botched robbery. So in in DC suburbs, or is it a DC city? I can't remember exactly where it was, but in the brownstone in DC where Seth Rich lived, some, someone or someones, they broke into his home and they murdered him. Now, it doesn't really feel like a robbery because nothing was stolen from him. We had everything that could have possibly identified him. It, were, it was the most professional thing in the world because I haven't heard of any fingerprints being lifted that weren't Seth Rich or anybody that he knew that frequented his home. So what looks like a murder under any other circumstance, and by the way, I'm former military. I have several, several friends and acquaintances in law enforcement. I'm very familiar with techniques, both literal and forensic. I can't remember the proper term for non-forensic shit. It might even be non-forensic. But I'm familiar with procedures and shit, and I'm, from, I'm familiar with patterns. I was taught it in the military, it was, and it has been reinforced in my life by conversations and interactions with friends who work for or used to work for law enforcement. That on its surface would make any investigator go, yo, we need to find out more about Seth Rich and his life, because what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? No one robs somebody and doesn't take anything. If your ex-lover kills you and robs you, they're going to take something weird, but they're going to take something. They're taking that sweatshirt they wanted so goddamn bad. They're taking their hat back. They're getting their shoes. There is some, some sentimental ring, a picture out of box. Something's going to be missing. If it's a robbery, that's what makes it a robbery. If there's nothing that's discernibly missing from this man's home, then it's just a murder. It's just a murder. The reason why he got murdered, no one fucking knows. But we also know things about Seth Rich, such as he was the only one with access. It was known that he had a, a, a affinity and connection to WikiLeaks in some way, shape, or form. Um, and it was also known that he was a little bit disgruntled after what he found out about the evilness. Right? Now, this is me officially wrapping this all up right now. Okay. Main point. We're going to wrap up the main point first. Main point voter shaming is dumb voter shaming is dumb in this particular election and the hillary clinton versus donald trump though it included jill stein and gary johnson i told you i'd keep these names in my mouth motherfuckers anyway so in the election between gary johnson jill stein donald trump and hillary clinton it's claimed that hillary clinton lost lost the election period the nuance of it is that hillary clinton lost the 
um, the electoral college vote, she won the popular vote. Here in America, the electoral, the electoral college vote is the vote that means the most. It's the one that matters. So it's a stupid thing to say in this particular election. It's an uninformed thing to say because it's basically saying if she had won the popular vote by a wider margin, she would have won the electoral college vote. And I implore you to find out at the very least, ask me if you don't want to look it up for yourself. I'll give you a direct answer. Send a colon. But that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk because that doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. So when you hear things like, oh, Jill Stein voters and blah, 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 all these, all of these Bernie bros, blah, like, no, that's not, that's not real. Also, when you hear, second point, that was wrapping up the first point, voter shaming is really just... It's, it's dumb. Oh, my bad. I didn't even fully wrap that up. In this particular election, it's dumb because of the numbers, the nuances of the situation. In any election, it's really fucked up because it's not the job of the voter to pick the right person. It's not. That's It's not all on the voter. It's the job of the candidate to convince people to vote for them. Hillary Clinton failed that. She failed. She failed to convince... She failed to convince enough of the electoral college to vote for her. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. And in general, she failed to inspire a lot of people on the left, on the dem- on the Democratic side. She failed to inspire a lot of us. That's why there were two million plus that voted for Jill Stein. We didn't vote for her by accident, and we didn't vote for Jill Stein, a female, because we hate females. Because it's two females we had to choose between, and we chose a female. We had no problem. Because if personally, if I hated women and didn't want to see them elected, I would have voted for one of the two guys, even though I disagree with them. You know, like I didn't do that. It couldn't have been racist because there was a there was a uh, African American activist that was Jill Stein's goddamn running partner. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not. It's not the voters' fault for voting for the wrong person. It's the candidate's fault for tricking them into believing a certain way or not doing enough to convince them another in another manner, right? There's other things that contributed to Hillary Clinton's, you know, uh, uh, loss. However, that's really just the main thing. So, just in general, when you hear people saying, yo, y'all should have voted for, the, for a different person, I don't care what country you live in, tell them, get the fuck out of here, hop off of my dick, and you're wilding, you're being a jerk, um, and that's not even fair. It, the candidate sounded better. I voted for the candidate that I agreed with. I don't give a fuck if they were lying or not. That's not really the main point. Their job is to convince me that A, they're not lying, and B, they're talking some shit that they fucking believe in that that resonates with me. So it resonated with me. Shit goddamn. Mm. And finally, finally, if you find yourself... If you find yourself fretting, worrying, overly concerned, shit underly concerned, it's okay. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. I'll do it a couple times. Come to this podcast. Send me a call. Man. You feel a little bit crazy? You feel like you don't really you need a different perspective on shit? You feel like there's nuance missing in your life. You go ahead and holla at your boy. This is Damian Black. This has been about voter shaming and a handful of other things that are related. And I love you. Because I, cause I, cause I, cause I feel the need to. I'm a freestyle for the motherfucking people. Just cause I feel like lyrically I am diesel. I'm about to drop it off for the top for all of the people. Off the top for all of the people, give me a high five. I'm from New York City, look up the High Line. High Line and friends, we are living a high life, but not though. Cause gentrification and highlights of other shit. Remember, used to reading the highlights if you're American or wherever they used to sell the shit. Me, I'm Damian Black. A.K.A. Dariq Warren, flip the A.K.A.s, whatever, I'm intelligent. Relevant, sometimes malevolent, sometimes benevolent. Either way, every day I'm setting it. Slow down, I can't keep up with all of my verbs, my adjectives, my nouns, and my pronouns. Going fast? 
that's a really easy way to make a big mistake or something I'm trying to pronounce. So, yo, now, we slowing it. We slowing it. You know the shit. This Noah Victor, this kid. I'm so the shit. I'm so legit. From my head to my toes legit. Switch it back. From my head to my toes, the shit I am. I am this shit. I'm praising myself. Pat on the back. You heard that? I don't hate myself. I'm taking myself to a place where I can be placing myself in another place where I'm raising myself. Yes! I got that thought out. It was hard. And honestly, it's off the top. So it's not like it's something I thought out. Where I'm still going too fast. I'm going to fuck up. I almost did twice already. And my luck's up. It's almost two minutes of this shit. Listen, I'm going to do it here a bit different. I'm pacing. Crazy. Also half man amazing. And I'm going to switch the flow up. Because I feel like a Haitian or Jamaican. All the things I'm taking. I'm hating. I'm hating on them Haitians. They making. We feel so less Jamaican than I'm saying. Ain't no dollars that they raking. Nigga saying. It's everywhere. Nigga saying, saying, saying. But I feel like a super saiyan way. All of this politics and other shit. All this high mind and this knowledge shit. All of this brother shit. All of this hater. Also the lover shit is all in here. <laughs> I do want to do what I want. Which is delivering nuance to everything. And I'm trying to figure out what you got. Are you hot? Are you not? Are you going? Are you stopped? Are you treated? Are you block? Are you civilian? You cop? Fuck and fuck. I guess the whole world sucks and sucks. Nobody had luck. So nobody had bucks. Nobody got toughness on them. Yeah, I go rambling. I patted myself on the back. But I'm not a champion. I'm wide the fuck awake. But why is this ambient in my system? It's almost like I'm pissing it. You getting it? I'm flipping it. Everything's ridiculous. I don't have to do anything else but be curious. I am Mick. No, I am Mick Furious. I am just, yeah, I am just serious. I want to know, want to know what to do like. Tell me who you do like. Is that energy provided? Because you might need a new night. I'm a changed man, even though I'm dangerous. They blame it on me and they call me cantankerous. I said that I am am. I am am. I am am. But you gotta acknowledge your shit too. Man, man, or ma'am, or man, or man, or ma'am. You can't hear the distinction. Shit, goddamn. I put an M in one. There was an N in one. There was an M in one, like mother in one. Then like another in one. Or like other in one with the another, but without the A or the J. Shit, it's all Craig, meaning crazy, and I'm glad that shit happened, so thank Jay-Z, because he put Craig in the fucking verse, and that shit was just fucking amazing, it was a shortening, it was a motherfucking shortening, and he didn't invent it, but nobody aborted it, and everyone supported it, so here we go with Craig, here we go to that, here we go amazed, I am pimping, now nah, I'm lying, and I'm a play on my shit, I get around with women, and I'm slaying all this shit, I provide good energy. I'm building all they shit. And then I'm going crazy. Jumping off the building over they shit. I'm lying. I'm straight cooling out. Call me Chuck Chill Out or Chuck Nikes. That's something that I might want twice or at least three times. You see, when D rhymes, this is something that you would never do. Because it's something the clever do. It's not the regular dudes. It's something that the better do. I'm saying I'm better than you. Way more better than you. To use an old trope, this flow's so much wetter than used guises. I had to make sure the syntax and the tenses was intact. Because this shit can't get back. Nope, it's all for the top. You can't go back and revise shit. This is all we got. If you ain't got it right the first time, the shit it ain't right. That's why it's called the off the top freestyle. Nigga, good night. Au revoir, adios. Matter of fact, goodbye. I'll tell all of you motherfuckers, bonjour, all right? Like, hello, all night. This is the highlight, meaning this is high. This is the highlight, meaning the light's high. I'm a nice guy, but that's the lyrical trope nice meaning really skilled so i'm really a skilled guy when i say that i'm a nice guy so 
whatever. Peace.